When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, hello, my friends. Welcome to Ups and Downs. Look, I'm just going to be honest with you. Is anybody else tired? I mean, it has been a long-ass year, and now at the end of 2022. So I thought, maybe for just one episode, we should sit down, we should snuggle up all cosy near the fire, and we can just go through raw, nice and relaxed, with love. Oh, there we go. Sometimes it's just nice to have a sit down, and me and Puppet Miller can recount raw for you from the comfort of this chair. Isn't that right, Puppet Miller? Go away, you asshole. I tell you, sometimes you just want to do a nice Christmassy video and the puppet version of you ruins it. No, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to get high energy and we're going to be super positive. Some people are going to be like, I can't stand it. Why won't he be negative about wrestling? Because I'm bulletproof. That's why. And I'm warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum when it comes to sports entertainment. Also, hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture. We are indeed going to take the finger of power Get the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. And I'm wearing a Christmas hat because amazingly, there is no Raw next week. It's a best of. And I don't think we can up and down that. So what the flub am I going to do? Let's up those downs right now. Heyman kicked off this week's episode of Raw and he was holding both the WWE title and the Universal title in a really weird way and it kind of looked like those belts were taken over his body. Like Venom. It was weird too because while the camera was focused on him we then panned backwards and Roman Reigns was just sat on a chair. And I was like, is this how you hang out in rooms when nobody is around? Because if it is, you two are really freaky deaky. The head of the table was on Raw though because this is the home of Kevin Owens and he hates the fact he has to take on KO and John Cena on the December 30th episode of Smackdown. So he's come to Monday night because he owns the show and not only is he going to beat up Kevin Owens, he's going to take out the entire Raw locker room. If WWE did do that too, I promise you the head of the table would win and Twitter would just be like, no, you have the high ground. And it is quite clear we are now building the Royal Rumble and we're going to do Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. And I am so pumped for this because I bet we're going to come up with something where we all think KO is going to win, then he's going to get screwed over. This is going to be wonderful. We then cut to the backstage area where we were with the rest of the bloodline and they were just screaming Roman Reigns centers, Roman Reigns centers as they were beating some people up, one of who was Mustafa Ali. I was just dying. I was like, this poor guy. His whole role is just to get murked all the time. Fusers also looked right into the camera and promised us this is just the start for the evening. And they weren't lying too, because these guys ran roughshod throughout all of Raw. But I tell you this, it was a great start. It was a great middle bit. And it was a great end, because all of this is going to fit together. So I am giving it up. I'm also going to use this juncture to let the absolutely crazy people who need real problems. Yes, we have started upping and downing every single segment on a WWE show, an AEW show, on a pay-per-view show, on a preview and live event show, because that's what the audience kept asking me to do. 
I am just your humble servant. And really, it doesn't matter. I mean, look at me. I'm a moron. The Street Profits then walked to the ring because they were about to take on the Judgment Day when we once again zoomed to the backstage area where now the bloodline was beating up Elias and Andre Chase, who we were told, oh, he's on NXT, but he's only at Raw because he's going to be on main event. The Roman's crew have become absolutely super dicks, which makes them even more wonderful. And you already know the deal with this. Because Rhea Ripley, Dominic and Tazawa at ringside because he now is best friends with the Street Profits at one point. They just started yelling and getting into it and it basically distracted everyone. Dom is also wearing sunglasses now because of course he got misted by Oscar last week. So I was like, man, I didn't think I could love this guy anymore. And of course, when Tazawa went to spit something in Rhea's face, she went out the way. It went right into Dommy Boy's face and he sold this like he was about to die. I think he may be the best wrestler of 2022. And other stuff did happen, but you know how it goes. Damian Priest is great, and Finn Balor is great, and Montez Ford is great, and Andrew Dawkins is great, so they were just doing great stuff. But when all this shenanigans was going on, Finn Balor, despite all his years of experience, couldn't handle it. He was like, I'm just drawn to what is going on on outside of the ring. So Montez Ford did the shrug emoji and hit the most devastating move in all the spots entertainment, the surprise roll up, and he got the one, two, three. So we will just keep this nice and easy and we will throw it up in here because it was entertaining. It will also bring it down. There's the distraction counter. And my word, did we go distraction crazy on this roar. But as we will get to, this felt like something from the Attitude Era. WWE had chosen chaos. It also got even better because right after this, Ripley stormed up to Tazawa and she was so mad and she was so pissed off at him. She said, I challenge you to a match right now. And Taz was all a bit like, I don't really know if I want to do this. But his best buddies, the street profits, are like, nah, fan, you can absolutely kick her ass. So we did get Rhea Ripley versus Tazawa. So Rhea has just become the end of level boss character now and it's so damn good. And of course, every time Tazawa could have hit her, he was like, man, I don't want to do it. So Rhea was like, all right. And she booted him so far in the face, he's now going to have to hang out with Nicolas Cage. Eventually he did decide to suplex her, but then Ripley reversed that. Although eventually he did hit this hurricanrana. Well, once again, we got a pile of nonsense. Because just as Tazawa was about to do a 2022 wrestling dive, that idiot Finn Balor tripped him. But then the Street Profits did a bunch of dives, so Tazawa was like, ha now I can win the match. When there was another distraction, honestly, this was absolutely crazy, because Dominic was back, and he was helping out his mammy. As ever, Tazawa was just totally blindsided by another human being, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's two of us. Which is when Rip Ripley smacked him one, gave him the riptide, and pinned him for the win. I was just like, ooh, Delali, here we go. And yes, look, I know it went a little bit squiffy in the middle, but it's quite clear we have massive plans for Rhea Ripley in 2023, and I'm here for it. Sign me up, S. Miller, smiley face, giving it up. And Pierce was then backstage leaving angry voicemails for Paul Heyman. I was like, what are you doing? They're quite literally in the building. Just go and find them with some police officers and arrest them. Anna Pierce doesn't know what he's doing. This continued because Kathy Kelly then walked up and said, oh yeah, by the way, what's happening with Bobby Lashley? And Pierce just went, well, I'll tell you, we had a chat at WWE HQ, and even though I did fire him, he's going to be back on Raw soon. I was like, wait a minute, what? Now this does get better, but I've still got to give it a down because what a waste of time that was. However, yes, after this, MVP approached Adam and said, well, maybe we should have a little chat in your office. And he didn't get to do this because a stagehand ran up and said, oh my gosh, more people are being beaten up. So Pierce had to attend to that. But if this wasn't a tease for the return of the Hurt Business, then somebody is just fiddling with my 
hope gland. What? So I'm going to continue to be a positive Pete and say that's exactly what this was. So again, going into my whole ups and downs segment thing, I am going to give it an up. But don't let me down, WWE. You can do. I'm going to watch anyway. It also led to the fact that Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander and Dolph Ziggler had been beaten up. When Kathy asked what had gone on, or no, she said, what happened? Ziggles just went, the bloodline happened. And I was like, nobody, nobody talks like that. What are you, a poem? Stupid. I've no idea what happened this week either, as wrestlers were just jumping all over the place from Mondays to Fridays and Fridays to Mondays, because the next match was the Alpha Academy versus the Good Brothers. Where did that come from? As has been the way over the last few Raws though, we are now condensing matches into these 10 minute chunks, and actually it works quite well because nothing outstays its welcome. I thought this was pretty good. The fans seemed to be warming to Otis again too, because when Chad Gable was in there, they all started chanting, we want Otis. And while eventually he did get tagged in, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson were like, well, we don't care what you want. He's our opponent. So they murked him, they threw him outside. Sadly, they then got hit with the commercial break, which is a babyface's worst enemy, because when we came back from the ads, the Alpha Academy were just in control. So I can only assume that Chad Gable saw Carl Anderson and went, <laughs> you have to work for both WWE and New Japan. And for some reason this upset Kyle, so he got punched in the face. Gallo soon made the hot tag, but Otis also made the blind tag, so we were getting big men slapping man meat, and he absolutely ruined Luke Gallows with a clothesline. And then Chad Gable was back in there. They both took out this guy to the point Carl had to break it up at two. The problem though is that Gable is absolutely obsessed with that moonsault, which never hits. So when he did miss it, the good brothers went, aight, they picked him up, they hit the magic killer, and they just beat him. Now once again, this was entertaining and everybody in it is really good, but can we please get to the point where Chad Gable doesn't lose every single match? It's becoming ridiculous now, to the point I may have to make a counter. But I am going to give this an up because they all did a great job and it does tie into something later, as this whole show did, we were crossing the stream. Because yes, right after this, the Bloodline were back and they beat the hell out of the OC. And honestly, I don't know who came up with this idea, but it was so damn good. Because now the Bloodline have this massive edge to them. Not talking about Adam Copeland. It also meant for the first time that Uso, Sami Zayn, and Sola Sokoa were in the ringside area, so straight away Adam Pierce walked out. Wasn't very happy. He wasn't able to do much because Jimmy Uso was all like, oh man, we run this business now. And Sam was all, what is even your problem? The fans don't seem to mind. I mean, listen to them. And yep, everybody cheered. Zane also continued that this is just a hint of what they're going to do versus Owens and Cena in a couple of weeks. And honestly, Sam has just bought into all of this right now. He doesn't seem to have any sort of like, oh, I don't want to do it. And he is just kicking all the ass. You know why we're doing this? Because we're building to a peak then he's gonna get screwed over. Pierce was about to send them away when the bloodline said there was no need because they were done. They wanted to send a message and message sent and they got out a letter and they put it in a post box. One of those things didn't happen. AJ Styles clearly disagreed with this because all of a sudden he was beating up Sami Zayn and soon after this he went to Adam Pierce and demanded a match and we were gonna go that later. So once again, everybody involved in this just played their role so damn well and it's so damn interesting and now you can go in around about 32,472 different directions. Surprise, surprise giving it up. We then shifted gears after this because we were doing a sit-down interview with Byron Saxton and he was chatting to Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair because Alexa is now the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. So she must have pressed the start button on controller two and Saxton really wanted to know, hey Bliss, why did you go all loosey-goosey next week? As Alexa told us, well I got kidnapped by Bray Wyatt and then he abandoned me and I had to go to therapy. So now I don't know what's going on. 
I would like to have that belt. Bianca still thought this was a bunch of lies and that Alexa was just being one massive goober when Bliss fired back, oh yeah, I was winning title belts before you were even in the company, so maybe I'll just take that one of yours. This is when the end of the interview did come and they were both about to leave when Alexa Bliss picked up a vase and she smashed Belair in the back of the head. I was like, what the flub was that? Who uses a vase? So this has to be the hill turn confirmed that in a few weeks she probably is going to lose the max and then she goes full on spooky wookie. And as I've said before, I actually prefer the Alexa Bliss from a few years ago, but we always have to wait and see because you never know how things are going to turn out. Maybe it'll be better now because Triple H is in charge and not Vince McMahon. But this was a decent angle to get you interested in the match, which they are going to do the first Raw of the new year. Giving it up. However... This was one big lie by Alexa, because Bray Wyatt didn't abandon her. At WrestleMania, she popped out of a box-like structure with some kind of oil or black goo running down her face, and that distracted Wyatt, and he lost the match. So I'm sorry, Alexa. You have nobody to blame but yourself, to the point I'm giving it a doubt. Now, of course, this could all tie in, but I don't know right now, so I'm being that guy. Also, as we've already talked about, I'm a massive geek, and I forget nothing. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Dexter Loomis versus The Miz in a winner-takes-all-the-cash ladder match was after this. And the headline is that these WWE returns aren't done. Now I will say this. Personally, I do think this feud has gone on too long and it feels like we're about to extend it. And while this wasn't the greatest ladder match I've ever seen, and I totally get if you're comparing it to other ladder matches, it probably felt a little bit lackluster. 
Can we also please remember that these two dudes killed themselves? I mean, they were hurting the ladder into each other. They fell off the ladder. That stuff really hurts, even if they aren't doing a 450 centon with a twist flip from the top of the damn thing. I mean, Loomis was still able to suplex him off the ladder, which must have absolutely sucked. And of course, he then tried to take the thing and throw it into the Miz's testicles. Now, somehow this didn't work, which made no sense, because as the A-lister has been telling us for weeks... He has huge balls. Dexter then kicked the thing into his damn dick anyway, so he got what he wanted. When they didn't do do the big crash and burn spot when they were at the top of the ladder, once again, they kind of protected themselves and they did fall. But what do you want them to do? Land right on their necks and break it? Everything's getting carried away. Loomis was also trying to kill the Miz because he was going back to that choke when all of a sudden we were throwing ladders on top of chairs and chairs on top of ladders and making a big mess. And around about this time, the Miz took the ladder and he smacked Johnny Gargano. Now, I don't know where JG went, but we never saw him again. So now I'm a little bit worried he ended up in the Phantom Zone. We also had this crazy bump when Dexter Loomis went to the top of the ladder and he was going to drop kick the Miz to Alan the announce table, but he missed. And my word, his ass bone must have killed. And of course, the main thing you need to know is that when he was back on his feet and he stopped the Miz grabbing all the money, all of a sudden, Bronson Reed, he of NXT fame and recently New Japan, made his comeback to WWE. He screwed over Dexter Loomis, he helped The Miz, and the damn Hollywood superstar got the win. I mean, what the flop? So I suppose now it means we are going to do Gargano and Dexter taking on The Miz and Bronson Weed, which is very weird. However, I have two very specific thoughts on the situation. The first of which is that having Bronson Reed as The Miz's heavy is such a good partnership. They will be so obnoxious. It will be wonderful. So I am going to give it an up. While once again I do respect the effort in this ladder match, it just felt like it didn't need to be there. Once again, it was a little bit long for my taste, but do I know absolutely nothing? Giving it down. Hell then froze over. Seriously, I was genuinely stunned. For it was Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles, and of course it rocked. I mean, in what universe wouldn't it have rocked? Even if they had sat down and started singing Christmas carols, I'd be going, oh my gosh, five stars, 6.25 in the Tokyo Dome. But they didn't do any singing, and instead they had a wrestling match, and it's just so damn smooth, like my bald head. I mean, early on, Zayn stopped a Styles clash and hit this ridiculous brain buster, and I was like, how the hell did he do that? And when he tried to follow up with the halluva kick, somehow Styles reversed into the calf crusher. I've watched that a few times. It doesn't make any sense. It's like two plus two equals potato. It also saw AJ just thrown into Timmy the Turnbuckle at one point, which looked horrible too, when all of a sudden, out walked Solar Sokoa. I mean, this guy. He cast distraction instantly, and it looked like Styles was going to be the second victim to the distraction and most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But you know the deal when it comes to Ash. He has been doing this for ages. He's a veteran. He's experienced. He kicked out at two. He then made a terrible mistake because he had the chance to hit Sami Zayn with a phenomenal forearm, but he was far too obsessed with Sola Sokoa, so you could already see where this is going. He got murked, and when Stars got back into the ring, of all the moves, Sami hit the blue thunderbomb, and the ref went one, and the ref went two, and the ref went three, and I just froze in motion because once again, I couldn't believe it. Because every time he does that thing, especially recently, I've been the moron that's gone, oh man, that maneuver never works. He should stop doing it. So maybe they thought the same thing and hell yeah. If you do have certain things in your arsenal and you keep doing them over and over and over again and they don't work, you're an absolute silly sausage if you continue to do it. I thought this was absolutely terrific. It also just ticks so many boxes and again, I could watch them fight until the day I die. This is a little bit depressing. 
giving it an up. Also, distraction board, whack another one on it. Anna Pierce was sitting in the back and he was just screaming at these people, why are you ruining my life? But once again, Sami Zayn thought this was hilarious. I've already told you where I think this is going, and I'll be surprised if I'm wrong. This is when we learned that next week's Raw was going to be a best of, so there will be no ups and downs, or I don't think so, we'll try and have to figure something out, dun dun dun. When we also learned when Monday Night Raw does come back, it will be Seth Rollins versus Austin Theory for the US title. And out came Seth Rollins. I was like, well, that's very handy. This was really good stuff, though, because once again, we just tied into everything that's been happening on the show. And we were in Seth's hometown, so he was over like Rover. And he was all like, hey, Bloodline, you haven't come after me, have you? Because I own Monday nights, not Roman Reigns. I put my hand up, even though I was by myself. I was like, you can't own Mondays, Seth. Doesn't make any sense. Theory then interrupted and, yes, dropped the line. The champ is here, so surely we're going to do him versus John Cena at WrestleMania. And basically told Seth, look, I'm going to beat you in a couple of weeks. And whether you want to pass the torch to me or not, I'm going to take it anyway. I hope Seth doesn't find himself in a darkened alley. He won't have any light. Theory continued that Rollins was lucky that Bobby Lashley didn't take his frustrations out of him, but this kind of sums up Seth's entire career. He's always getting lucky, and he's always falling into things, much like he did with The Shield, and in that group, he was the worst of the three. Uh-oh. Rollins then got pissed off with Theory because Kitty had touched the nerve and said, look, I didn't just reach the mountaintop, I am the mountaintop. Once again, my hand went up and I was like, Seth Rollins, that's also not a thing. If I climb Mount Everest and I get to the peak and I look over at the summit and I see Seth Rollins' face, I tell you right now, I'm going to freak out. Rollins then demanded they do the US title match right now and Theory kind of looked like he was going to agree when all of a sudden the Uso was back and I was dying. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're such nuisances. And just when it looked like we were going to get a two-on-two situation, Austin just went, see ya, pal, and he ran away. What a dick. This allowed Jimmy and Jay to attack when of all the people Kevin Owens meant to save. I was just losing my mind. This is like playing cards and somehow you just get better and better and better and you've no idea how he got here to begin with. They also demanded a tag match in the main event so at this stage it was just a Raw from 1998 which is no bad thing and yet we zoomed to the back when Adam Pearce made it official. So the skill in which we joined everything together on this evening was just so damn good and it's the best thing about professional wrestling. So let me just get it out of my pocket. Get it up. Quick Becky Lynch promo after this as she is fighting Bailey in a few seconds. And surprisingly, Bex thought she was going to win. She also did understand Bales a little bit because when she was climbing her way to the top, she knew that she was going to take other people out. But this is why Bailey is so disappointing because she didn't do it by herself. She always has to go and get help, which is probably what she's about to do in a minute. Spoiler, she did. That means when she does die, she won't fall on her own sword. And I thought Becky Lynch was quite good here. Especially because this roar was so manic, I actually forgot they were going to have a fight. And this dragged me back in. So I'm giving it up. And then we had that match. And shockingly, Becky Lynch was 100% correct. So she was the master of her own downfall. Because almost right away, EO Sky and Dakota Kai were doing their thing and just casting distraction and casting interference and being massive goobers. But around about this time, I also was like, wait a minute. Where is Zia Lee? Now, there's every chance she's not actually teaming up with Damage Control and just help them out, but you think that somebody would have said something and we got nothing. Straight away, I'm giving it a down. Stuff annoys me. We did get this cool moment when Bailey went for the rose plant, but somehow Becky Lynch turned that into an angle slam. But constantly, Bailey kept cheating. For example, anytime she had a pinning attempt, she would put her feet on the ropes. The referee was like, what? 
If you please stop doing that, it's against the rules. It really did get ludicrous though, because at one point Sky and Kai just pulled Bailey out the ring when Becky was gonna go for the manhandle slam. And this is when I think Lynch got a little bit threatened because she picked up a TV monitor. She was like, oh yeah, you wanna come at me? I'll smack you on the head. And it was only then the referee went, actually, Lynch has got a point. You two, you gotta get to the back. They absolutely freaked out about this and Dakota Kai tried to get back in the ring so Becky Lynch beat her up. But of course, the referee was distracted. Just bring it down now, plus one. There you go. So of course, Bailey then got the TV monitor. She hit Becky Lynch. She hit the rose plant. One, two, three. And I was kind of surprised by this. And I said out loud, because I'm a very weird man. We already had Becky Lynch lose. I don't think that's very kosher. So here's that old classic that I am going to give the match an up because I thought it was quite good. But I am going to give the finisher down. And I think this probably ties into the fact that on this Raw, we honestly had about 79,763 distraction finishes. And by the time we got to this one, it just felt like one too many. And then Kevin Owens won Raw always seems to do. Because he found Seth Rollins to talk about their match and Rollins was all like, oh yeah, we did used to be a good tag team. Why the hell did we stop that? When Kev was like, well, it was because I wanted to have that WrestleMania moment and when you didn't have yours, you tried to steal mine. Rollins was like, I would never do such a thing. And Owens responded by saying, I'm 98% sure. So Seth went, well, that means there's a 2% chance you're wrong. When Owens went, actually, no, I'm 100% sure I was just being nice. Straight away, I was having such a good time. Kevin then moved on and said, look, let's not worry about that because we've got to take out the Usos later. When Rollins agreed and went, <laughs> as he walked off, Kevin just went, ah, oh, right. Still doing that laugh, are you? And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody needs to give this man an award. So I am giving it an up because no word of a lie, I could see them do this for the entirety of the three hours. I would never get bored. Their rapport is awesome. It was a minute was time for our main event, which was crazily the Usos taking on Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. And you're going to be shocked to hear it was super duper good. Jimmy and Jay were in control at first, which is the way because they're the tag team champions. So you should plan it like that. When Seth started to make his good guy comeback, because this week he was a baby face, but who the hell knows what's going to happen in a few days. However, he should remain the hero because when he's in the ring, good grief, he just ties into this perfectly. He took them both out with a crossbody when Owens made the tag and he got a two count off a frog splash. When Jay hit Sith Rollins with a super kick outside the ring and back in the ring, Kevin Owens went for a senton, but he went right into Jimmy's knees. This is when Solis Sokoa did his usual, oh, wait a minute, a few minutes have passed, so I'm now going to walk to the ring. But he had totally forgotten that his actions must have consequences, so before he could do much of anything, the good brothers were also here. They beat him up. Everyone was then just doing dives because it is 2022 wrestling, and because Sokoa is such a beast, he kind of just flobbed all of this off and he kept coming at people until Seth Rollins was like, I know how I can take you out and he made him run into Rhea the ring post. Somehow Jay Uso was on the outside, so Seth Rollins hit him with a curb stop, and it was manic. And given that Jimmy and Kevin were fighting on the top rope, Rollins kind of manoeuvred himself over to Barry Barricade when Austin Theory was back, and he clunked Seth with the US title. And I was just spinning around because I couldn't keep up with any of this. Jimmy then did go for a super kick, but Kevin was able to block it as he went for a super kick of his own and the pop-up powerbomb. But Jimbo managed to get out of the first one, but when we got to round two, it didn't work. Kevin Owens hit that thing. He got the one, two, three and isn't this smart the unified tag team champion just lost to kevin owens meaning not only does it set up his match with roman reigns but if you want to do ko and Sami Zayn versus jimmy and jay at some point you can also refer to this as owens was celebrating as well Sami Zayn snuck up behind him but kevin turned around because they are kind of in a feud they just stared at each other for a while before sam left and reunited with his family the bloodline as raw went off air 
Once again, I stood up and went, I tell you, that was one hell of a good episode. Up. So do not forget that all of this set up Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, probably at the Rumble, that tag team match. And you've got everything going on with Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, and whatever the hell the OC are going to do. So yeah, whoever penned this episode of Raw deserves some kind of prize. It was just like an absolutely insane roller coaster, even if there was a bunch of distractions 